I'm your host, Emmanuel Chris. Welcome to another episode of The Bigger Picture. Today, we're going to touch a bit on the relationship between the mental health and the church, specifically the church in Lawrence, Kansas. My experience growing up in the church was similar to a lot of young adolescent and young adult Christians in the 90s in regards to mental health and the spiritual. It was an odd perspective. Uh, it was an odd time. And the view was primarily this. Emotional distress and mental distress was often viewed as a spiritual deficit or a sign of unfaithfulness, or in some cases, maybe even a sign of a demonic presence. While this perspective isn't true for all churches, or even most churches, this perspective is still held by a significant portion of churches in the U.S. This led me to go on a series of interviews with local pastors in the Lawrence community. This is the first of a series of interviews. I'm Deacon Godsey. I'm the lead pastor of Vintage Church in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, um, I think in my experience, unfortunately, there, from a church perspective, there hasn't always been a great understanding within the church of mental health as an actual field of study and concern. Um, I've been in environments where it's handled well, and I've been in environments where it's been not handled well. When it's not handled well, it's typically been from a perspective of kind of over-spiritualizing people's mental health issues. So there's always sort of this, um, depending on what tradition of faith you're in, I've seen some that are super conservative that would say, well, if you just had enough faith, you wouldn't feel this way. Um, you know, to th one of the slogans that you'll sometimes see, sadly, on church signs is uh, this phrase, we're too blessed to be depressed. Yeah, it's painful. <laughs> Every time I go by it, I want to I wanna shake my head um, because there's this mentality that because of the faith we have, because of the hope that we have, that should eliminate any mental health issues. There's another side of it that says, well, it must be a demon. <laughs> it, it must be a spiritual issue, um, and we can just pray it away and everything will be fine. Um, and not always an understanding of, no, maybe there are some legit um you know, physical, chemical realities that are, Im you know, impacting somebody's thought process, impacting their mental health. Maybe they experience trauma that has led to their mental health, and what they need is, you know, not a religious guilt trip. What they need is to go see a counselor. Um, and so I've seen the negative side. I also have seen, uh, I think, the positive side of, of acknowledging we live in a world that is torn and is a battle zone and that has a major impact on our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health. Um, personally, I, um, I am depressed, I have depression, I struggle with depression, depending on how you wanna word it. I see a psychiatrist um, once every two months roughly and my people at our church know that I'm on depression medication. I'm very honest with them about that and and in our environment it's sort of a I would say it's a healthy environment where that's acknowledged as a real thing um, and it's not something that I have to be helpless towards I need to be proactive and engage in in practices of self-care that are going to prolong my um, my physical and emotional and and mental health so I take depression medication I take 
uh, battery of vitamins that are going to give my body the nutrients that I wouldn't otherwise get. I try to expose myself to more natural sunlight. I try to engage in some kind of exercise, not always successfully, but you know, there are things that I can do, and our church recognizes that that's a real thing. And so we try in our environment, I think, to acknowledge the reality of mental health, the importance of mental health, the fact that God wants our minds to be healthy, but loves us and cares for us in the midst of the mental struggles that we face. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to be avoided or ignored or um, you, don't, you don't have to pretend, uh, hopefully, in our environment that that it's something you wrestle with. And I do, for me, I think there is a passage of scripture that comes to mind, which is, um, there's a, uh, there, I'm horrible with book, chapter, and verse, but I know it's in there. <laughs> I know that Paul says that we are supposed to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus. I fully support that. I absolutely agree. And I teach that on a regular basis. And I think that that is good, but it does not solve everything. So I take that in the midst of while I'm taking medication, I still need to take my thoughts captive. And as I take my thoughts captive, I still need to take vitamins. And, you know, that it's a both and, not an either or. And I don't think the I don't think Paul, I certainly don't think Jesus would, would say that it has to be an either or. Um, I do acknowledge the existence of those spiritual realities that are, you know, beyond my ability to necessarily visually see. So I try to approach things, and we as a church try imperfectly to uh, approach things holistically to say it's, it's, it's never just one thing. Th things are so complex, and, and our world is so complex that it's never just an emotional issue or just a physical issue or just a spiritual issue. I'm assuming at all times that all three of those are intertwined. And so there may be a spiritual issue that I'm facing, there may be a mental health issue that I'm facing. There may be an emotionally strenuous or tenuous situation that I'm engaged in. And all of those things play out. So right now, for example, we've had, I would say we've had probably 15 people leave our church over the last couple months. Um, and th the primary reason seems to be my theology and the way I lead and preach in the midst of that theology. Now, for some people, that's great. They love it. It's exactly what they want. For other people, they hate it. <laughs> it's not what they want out of church at all. And in the midst of that, I'm facing the emotional struggle of essentially being fired every time somebody leaves the church and says we're leaving because of blank. Now, that's an emotional challenge. In the midst of that, there are thoughts that I need to take captive because I could be tempted towards bitterness. I could be tempted towards unforgiveness. I could be tempted towards hopelessness. So I have to take my thoughts captive. But in taking my thoughts captive, I still take my medication every day. And so I try to approach that holistically. And my psychiatrist helps me to keep my medication as low as possible, but not shaming me for taking the medication that I need. And she's also trying to help me to find a good, healthy counselor so that I can process the emotional stuff. And I think all of those things are necessary. So I approach it from a spiritual perspective, a medical perspective, and an emotional perspective, all as part of the mental health 
um, scenario, and I want other people to do the same thing. And they're encouraged at our church to do that. After conversing for a little while, we discussed the connection between the spiritual and the mental and his opinion on these matters. Yeah, the connection between the spiritual and the mental. To me, um, to me, they're not, um, what's the best way to say it? Um, yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. They are, uh, I don't want to give in to the dualistic thinking that, you know, that all flesh is bad, all spirit is good. All spirit is on the ethereal plane. All physical is on this plane. I think because I am a Christian, um, I do believe that the spirit is present within me and works to reveal truth to me, works to encourage me, works to sustain me from the inside out. Um, but that all happens within my fleshly body. You know, so um, I think there's there's a commingling of those things that's going on. And one is not inherently bad and the other inherently good. I, I think that my body is good. You know, it's, it's good that God made me and gave me a body. So I don't think of that as negative. Um, but I also see it as needing the spiritual component to help animate and sustain the part of my life uh, or, or the whole of my life. So to me, I don't see... I don't see myself as it, there's the what's the phrase um, that's often used. Um, you are not a body. You are a soul who has a body. I think that's a very unhealthy dichotomy that that's set up there. Uh, for me personally, I think I am a soul and uh, but I'm an embodied soul. I, I have a body, but I am me. My body is me. And that body has a spiritual element, an emotional element, a physical element, but it's rooted, embodied in me, just like I, it was in Jesus. Um, and so I, I think that there's a commingling of those things. And I think the there, there's both the internal reality for me as a follower of Jesus, believing that the spirit resides in me. But then there's also the reality that we live in a in a dark world where there's this commingling of good and evil. And I do believe that there are spiritual realities um, that exist and that those things do have an impact on my mental health. Um, to what degree, I don't know. Um, I can't scientifically prove that that exists, nor do I feel the need to. Um, I don't feel the need to convince anybody else of it, and I don't expect anybody else to assume that it does. But for me... I've lived long enough at this point, I've followed Jesus long enough, where there are times when I can tell, okay, I'm sad or I'm depressed, and it's because of this basic emotional reality. And then there are times when it feels radioactive. It feels like it's gone to another level. And in my personal experience, I perceive that to be an expression of what we would call spiritual warfare. We had a really good discussion. And concluding this interview, I asked him about any policies his church may have adopted as a result of these new mental health realities. We don't have any policy manuals in place. It's my general principle that when somebody comes to me, if they want to talk with me as a pastor, I'm happy to do that. That's my job. I want to be there for them. If they need 
professional counseling, I refer them to a professional counselor. I make it very clear that I am not qualified to serve as a licensed professional who knows, you know, what they're doing with mental health at a professional level. Um, so, for instance, I had a gentleman come up not too long ago who I know struggles with depression. I know he's wrestled um, with um, just feeling horrible because he lost his job. He's going through a lot of stuff, and he was talking to me, and he said, my counselor recommended that I go um, to check myself in to a professional residential program. And I said, if that's what your counselor said, then I would affirm that, that you need to do that. Um, I am not qualified to make the designation as to whether or not you should or shouldn't. Um, if your counselor who you trust has told you to do that, then you should do that. And then we'll be, a, we're, we'll be here to walk with you um, in the midst of that. Um, and so that's not something that's written down as an official policy. We do have a policy that we've developed as it relates to somebody reporting sexual assault or sexual abuse um, that we would be very intentional about hand hand uh, handling um, both internally and externally, meaning if there was an actual crime that was committed, we would address the crime as well as addressing the broken relationship. And we would address the broken relationship to the degree that we were capable of in our church, but also intentionally working with local mental health professionals who work with abuse victims so that they would be adequately and, you know, cared for. So not too long ago, we hosted a thing called the Do Better Gathering, and it was a panel discussion of local mental health professionals who specifically work with men and women who commit abuse, but also work with men, women, and children who are victims of abuse. And we heard from them about best practices for how can we as a church come alongside the victims of abuse so that they're effectively cared for. And in that, we developed a policy. Then we sent that policy to the Sexual Trauma Center here in town, had them review it to make sure that we weren't missing anything. And so we have a policy sort of in place to say, if somebody comes forward to report this kind of abuse, here's what we will do. And it will always engage the police if the police are required. It will always engage mental health professionals. It will always engage us as a church coming alongside them to love them and support them to, to seek reconciliation where it's possible, to seek um, protection of the victim where it's necessary, um, you know, to handle that in ways that are, um, what's the best way to say it? That in some church cultures, there can be this thing that's called forgiveness culture, where we simply say, well, everyone makes mistakes, and we just have to forgive each other and then move on. And then you end up putting an abuse victim right back with an abuser. We want to avoid that <laughs> um, like the plague. We want to say, yes, eventually we need to get to the point of, of forgiveness, but forgiveness does not mean putting yourself in harm's way. Forgiveness does not mean submit subjecting yourself to more abuse. Forgiveness doesn't mean not being held accountable for your actions. If a crime was committed, we have to address the crime. We have to address the injustice that was done. And we want to seek reconciliation to the degree that is possible within that situation. So those are things that we have as a policy. But in terms of general mental health, if someone comes to me, I make it clear that I'm very happy to talk with them. 
give pastoral advice, but if it's clear to me that they need professional counseling, I refer them to a local professional who's licensed and who I know is going to handle that well. And that is it for this episode of The Bigger Picture. Tune in next week for our continuation on the topic between mental health and the church community of Lawrence.